Welcome to Bringing Light to Truth, helping you succeed at life's key three endeavors. Learn yourself, love God, and live connected. Here's your host, Stephanie Smith. Hello there. Thank you for joining me today. I have a question for you. Why do you believe in the law of gravity? Well, set that thought over to the side. As I'm recording this, it's autumn here in the Midwestern part of the United States, which means leaves on the deciduous trees, those trees which lose their leaves during the winter, are a kaleidoscope of colors, yellows, oranges, and reds intermixed with plenty of green. And this is great timing because we're going to be focusing today on the second part of our Core Compass of Truth series. You're going to be challenged to think of the world around you and its connection to truth. If you're a parent, caregiver, mentor, or are functioning in some capacity as an influencer of upcoming generations, you're going to be empowered with insights you can use to guide your parenting or interactions with young people who need to answer these questions. What is truth and where do you find it? First, before we unpack this incredibly important topic, I invite you to leave a review. You can help others around the world find truth. This podcast isn't just some philosophical exercise. It matters because it's only to the degree that people align their thinking with truth about themselves, God, and others that they are able to fulfill their immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable impact. And what a better world it would be if more people understood their significance and lived honoring it for good. Well, you can be a part of making that happen by leaving a review that will help people find this resource. This episode is the second part in our series on the core compass of truth. As a quick overview, I believe we can find truth in four areas. Not just one of these, but we need all four. Common sense, God's universal grace to humanity so we survive as a people and we can thrive as individuals. Number two, creation, which we're going to talk about today. Three, other people. And four, God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as recorded in Scripture and revealed in the life of Christ. So we think about this as a compass. And just as with the cardinal directions north, south, east, and west, you have to have all four in order to be able to have a direction. You wouldn't just say, go north, and then you'll get there. You have to know, okay, but where is my starting point? Well, you need all four of these in order to have truth in your life. And there is one which, just like north, south, east, and west, does function as the North Star. Last time, we talked about common sense. And today, when we talk about creation, we're not going to be talking about dinosaurs, geological layers, carbon dating, fossils, any of that. That all has a place and purpose and value, and I'm not at all diminishing that, but I want us to look at it from a different perspective. Does the physical world and the universe around us support the idea of a creator, of an intelligent designer, of a God? 
because if it does, it logically follows we have a connection as part of this creation to the designer. We should also be able to see the imprint of this designer in us, the world, and the universe. We should be able to draw conclusions about this designer based on what we see and experience in creation. Using the word creation, of course, implies a creator. If that's not your belief system, stick with me and just see if this line of thought proves to be logical and orderly. Let's look at a few things and see if creation bears witness to truth. Earlier I asked, why do you believe in the law of gravity? That may seem so simple as to be ridiculous, but I want you to dig into that a little bit. You see, gravity is a classic example of cause and effect, and I would submit to you that it's not just because it's a law of cause and effect that we believe in it. It's because of the timing involved. It's not just because of what happens, but because of the timetable in which it happens. What if when you dropped something, it didn't fall at the rate in which we know it falls? What if it took 10, 20, a million times as long? What if you could, for example, nosedive off of a bridge and not hit the water below for, say, 80 years, and in the meantime, kind of live in this alternate universe, so to speak. Well, if that was the case, a lot of people would decide, hey, that sounds like a pretty good thing to me, so I'm going to go ahead and jump off this bridge, and in the meantime, I'm going to live in this alternate universe. And before you say, oh, wait a minute, that just sounds ridiculous, that's just sci-fi stuff, Stick with me, because in some ways, we can actually do that very thing. Is cause and effect hardwired into us? We believe it is, and we demonstrate that because it plays into our whole idea of justice. There are things that we believe should have an effect both for good and for bad in this world. So we can ask, are there other laws which govern the universe where we do deny the existence of these laws because the space between cause and effect is so great? Are there not only physical laws, but are there moral laws where the space between cause and effect or initial response, initial action, and then the outcome of that takes so long that we just deny the existence of that law. How many people would go ahead and cheat on their income taxes if they knew absolutely the effect of that was not going to show up for 150 years and there was no way that their successors would pay the penalty for that? I don't even want to know the answer to that question. For some people, of course, it's not an option to cheat on their income taxes because they believe it is simply wrong. But you can bet that the cheating rate would go up 
if people believed that they wouldn't feel the impact of it for 150 years. Because by then they'd say, what would it matter that they caught it 150 years from now? I'm not going to suffer for it. You see, we don't just believe in, in gravity because it's a cause and effect principle. We believe in gravity because we would experience the consequences of breaking it so darn fast. But there are other laws that operate that are just as real, even if they are not as easily measured, because the span between cause and effect might not occur during our lifetime, might not even show up for generations. There is a moral law against enslaving people. And yes, that law is clearly outlined in Scripture. So when we look at the history of slavery here in the United States and how it was practiced, why did so many people continue to practice what was an immoral practice Well, one of the reasons for that was because they didn't personally experience the effects of breaking that practice. Creation and many of the laws that govern the physical creation of our world and our universe announce this principle that there is a cause and effect hardwired into the world and hardwired into us. One of the ways that the Bible reveals the kindness of God is that it covers centuries. It covers entire lifespans. We are able to see, because there's enough time given to us, that there are laws that govern creation that just take longer to play out than one lifetime or even one generation. So we've kind of talked about cause and effect. Let's look at something else. Let's look at the principle of constancy or reliability. So let's think in terms of creation, the boiling point of water, for example. I'm just curious, when did the water molecules host a convention and decide what their boiling point was going to be? That may seem a little nonsensical, but it is a valid question in terms of how did that happen to occur if you presume the world came about simply through evolution, why establish that as a constancy? Do we as people desire constancy? Absolutely. Not sameness, but reliability. We might call this trust. We have this trait throughout all of creation, which bears witness to a creator who is constant, reliable, faithful, And because we are made in his image, we have a need for trust. Other parts of creation which point to being hardwired for reliability include here in the Midwest where where I live, we have four seasons, autumn, winter, spring, and summer. It's not a matter that winter shows up one year from December to March, and then two years later, winter is June through August. There is a reliability even to the seasons that are experienced. We have consistency. We trust the sunrise and the sun will set at approximately the same times throughout a calendar year. They will set sooner during some parts of the year. Even these have a structure and a constancy to them. What else can we look at? Tidal patterns in the oceans. Navigation would be impossible if tidal patterns were chaotic. 
the orbit and rotation of the earth, the growth patterns of plants, the hierarchies in the animal kingdom. Some of these things we're so accustomed to as established fact that we forget the bigger message that it can send to us, that it can remind us of. We are hardwired with a need, not just a hope for, with a need for constancy and reliability. If we have a shared origin with the rest of creation, we should expect to see some of those same characteristics, and we do, which is trust, reliability. What else could we look at? Well, there's the circle of life. What does the circle of life ultimately tell us? There is a purpose beyond death. If a tree dies and it's left in its natural state, the decay in that tree will actually produce life in other organisms. Earlier this year, I was in South Africa and I was able to witness pretty close to firsthand this whole circle of life thing in a very dramatic way. I was at the Addo National Elephant Park in South Africa and sometime during the evening between the day that we arrived and one of the next days, a lion had killed a hartebeest, and it was not very far from where our cabin was. The next evening, as we were coming back from our drive, we drove past this dead hartebeest, which was laying just off of the road on, on the corner there where you could see it. And sure enough, who was there? A pack of hyenas. Now, this might sound a little gross, but I will tell you, it was a pretty amazing experience. We stopped. We stayed out of range so that we weren't interfering with the hyenas. And we just rolled our windows down during this night sky, and we could hear the hyenas doing their part in this whole circle of life thing. They have an incredible amount of force in each bite, and you could literally hear them chomp right through the bones of this large hartebeest. What happens after our death has consumed people throughout all of recorded history. The circle of life that we witness in creation is in itself a witness that there is a purpose for us beyond death. What's something else we can look at? Well, the complexity of creation. Did you know that at one time there was a belief that cells and then later molecules were the most basic components of life? These were bedrock. You couldn't get any deeper than this. There were no layers underneath. You couldn't get any more complex than a molecule. Well, with the invention of the electron microscope, all that changed. What scientists now wrestle with is this idea of irreducible complexity. In other words, every time there's a discovery about a particle or an energy force or a structure, connection, a process, it leads to something even more complex. It's like the deeper you go, the more complex something becomes. No scientist has ever declared and been taken seriously that they know all there is to know about a plant, an animal, an inorganic substance, matter in the universe, or anything else in creation. 
As a matter of fact, it's like the more they know, they discover the more they don't know. Well, do you ever fully get to know anyone, (laughs) including yourself? No, there's always another layer to yourself or to someone else. Creation bears witness to an infinite complexity. Is God infinite? Is he complex? (laughs) Absolutely. You see, there is a congruency between all of creation, including us as people, and the God revealed in the Bible. And one other truth creation bears witness to is we can destroy it or we can honor it. Not worship it, but honor it. We can wipe out entire life forms, whether plants or animals or even each other. And even this is congruent with biblical records. We have been given real freedom to either steward creation or abuse it. There's a saying, one man's junk is another man's treasure. You may already have an established faith in the God of the Bible, and you don't necessarily need creation to support your belief. But looking at creation as a core way God has chosen to proclaim truths and not just, hey, I created the world, may be just the path which leads someone else to come to know Christ. We're going to be looking at the two other parts of the core compass of truth, people and scripture, in upcoming episodes. Thank you for tuning in. And again, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, text or tell a friend about this podcast. Help empower others to find and fulfill their immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable impact. Thank you for listening. For information on speaking engagements and other resources, visit the website at stephaniepresents.com. Remember, learn yourself, love God, and live connected.